Today on a chilling episode of Real Ghost Stories Online that 7 out of 10 plumbers agree is more chilling and vile than anything they have ever encountered in a customer's toilet bowl. When a college student begins their new life on campus, all seems well, until they discover that something very strange is taking place in the bathroom. Sinks turning on by themselves, showers running with no visible person in them, are just some of the bizarre occurrences that cannot be explained. We'll dig deep into that story and much more today on Real Ghost Stories Online. Welcome to Real Ghost Stories Online. Call in your real ghost story now at 855-853-4802 or write in at realghoststoriesonline.com. You are about to enter the world of the unknown and quite possibly the undead. This is Real Ghost Stories Online. That indeed it is. And uh, welcome to the program. If you like the show, want to keep us on the air, I'm an extra podcast person. That gets you access to all of our bonus episodes, all the advanced episodes, all of it commercial free. And it's literally the world's largest audio archive of ghost stories. So if you want to get all that, check it out. Uh, ghostpodcast.com or patreon.com slash real ghost stories. Uh, Tony and Carol Hughes with you on today's episode of the program. What's going on? Well, I've had a busy day, Tony. And like I worked and then I went to the gym and then I went to first rehearsal of my new play. Mm -hmm. And then I got home. I ate dinner. I sat down exactly at the time I told you I would. (laughs) Like, I don't know how I did it. Good timing. That's always fun. It was weird because I sat down and I got my computer up and I'm like, should I help? hope i'm not too late mm-hmm. and it was exactly on time it's funny i'm really good about that too it's if i have working a, in radio all those years i think it is because uh, it'll be like i won't even and it's not me like looking at a gps going okay it says from here to there it's going to take x amount of minutes i don't even do that um so i can easily say to somebody okay we're going to meet at the uh at at the prangy way uh, and I, we're going to meet there at, uh, at seven 45. I will somehow know when to leave my house and pull in pretty much exactly at seven 45 or within, you know, three to four minutes, uh, early, uh, never late early, uh, of, of it. And I just, and it could be almost anywhere in the city. Even if I don't quite know where I'm going, if I, I can like kind of get an idea, I can, I don't know. I can, I've always been able to do that. It's weird. Well, and the other thing I bet you do too, if someone asks you what time it is and it's seven twelve, you won't say about ten after. You won't say about a quarter after. You will say it's seven twelve. Yeah. Like I'm very exact on the time. Yep. And and then like the other night. <laughs> what about weather? <laughs> well, like the other night, um I my friend and I were gonna go kayaking on the river, which was really super cool. Yeah. And um because we have this really big sculpture here in town where two rivers meet and it's a a giant very sacred indian um ground there's indian center right there and that's just sacred where to to native americans Mm -hmm. where the rivers meet yep and so they have fire shows around it every night so we got our kayaks and we were down there in time to see the fire it was really cool but i had to pick them up and so i said to get there on time i'm like 715 is too late. And it really, I'll probably have to get to his house by seven, like 708. Like, and then I'm like, I can't tell somebody 708. Like, so I said, I'll be there before 710 is what I settled on. Cause I was like, 15, that's not enough time. And 
10 is not quite right either. Isn't that weird? Mm-hmm. Like, I'm so anal about that shit. It's, I think it goes back. It's all radio. It's all timing. And, you know, you get it grilled into you of, you know, how that, what space timing is for everything. Yeah. He's a radio guy too. So he was yeah. okay. He would have been fine with 708. Yeah. But <laughs> I'm like, that is sounds stupid. Another thing that I've I've done when it's like, you know, what's the weather going to be like? Probably some clouds tonight, low about 74. <laughs> Tomorrow, some sunshine, high of 84. Right now. And the funny thing is you could, they could ask you anytime and you could tell them because I always know what the weather's doing. I always. I usually do, but I would, I can't tell you the amount of times I, I did it. I could, I would lose the little piece of paper that we had in the studio that had the forecast on it all the time. And I would just make up weather forecasts. You could have pulled it up on the computer. Well, I, I did, but I was already, I was usually editing calls or something not paying attention to the weather. I mean, I'm sure I wasn't too far off. I just kind of said like what it was doing today and a slight variation for the next two days. Now, I was <laughs> I was uh, uh, always off on the current temps because that, that's when I never, I, would, I always would lose it on the screen. So I, I had one time, there were several times where I think I, I thought it was much uh, warmer or colder than it was. And I remember like doing one, it's like 78 or no, it's like 64 right now. Somebody calls and it's like, you do realize it's like 85. (laughs) Did I say 64? I'm sorry. I thought I said 84. Okay, great. But again, (laughs) pretty much just kind of winged it there too. (laughs) There was a lot of rent. And and then people would, I think sometimes notice was like, why did the forecast forecast change so dramatically (laughs) in the course of like a little bit of time? (laughs) Because before you came on and Carol was on, yeah. it was going to be like, like 91. What what? The fuck and when she about? left, it was 85. Yeah. What's going on? <laughs> That's funny. Yeah. But to this day, I still know what the weather is going to be like. Yeah. It's like, yeah, well, it might rain tonight, but it was a 40% chance of rain. Now it's only a 15% chance. Of rain. I don't, I don't, literally, pay that is what is going on here today. I don't pay enough attention to it anymore. Unless I, I'll usually know something big is going to come or is happening, but uh, random every day, all the time. I, I like to be surprised now by the weather. I like to, like, well, oh my gosh, there, that's a thunderstorm that's coming in. I'm not even going to look at the radar. I'm just going to, like, watch it come in and I don't know. It's kind of more fun. Well, the other thing is, like, I had to look because, like, yesterday and today, like, I just, like, my sinuses are really bothering me. And I'm like, oh, shit, I have COVID. So I took a COVID test. I don't. Then I'm like, am I allergic to something? And so I looked and like, oh, yeah, ragweed is really high right now. Okay. But now even you just have seasonal allergies. It's like, oh, shit, I've got COVID. I know. I've I've stopped even guessing. <laughs> I mean, I I have allergies all the time, and so I I don't know. I, I I've never had a moment where I thought I had it. Um, I've taken two tests in the course of however many years we've been doing this fun charade, um, and they've all been negative. So good. I don't know if I I don't know I, I if I had it, I have no idea uh, because I'd never had. A, I would have been one of those where you don't get symptoms, I guess. Same with me. If I've had it, I never had any symptoms. Yeah. So uh, let's go to our first uh, letter that says I'm quite an introverted person. Never really talked to anyone in school or in college. Barely have friends. I just enjoy my own company. 
I'm eldest daughter of my parents. I started my college in 2013. It was 100 kilometers from my hometown. I was new in that town, didn't really know anyone, used to study alone in the library and classes as well. Girls' dorm rooms were built in blocks in the 1960s. Each block had five floors and each floor had five rooms. We had to share one common washroom, three sets of showers, one washroom on each floor was used to wash my clothes with hands because there was no washer or dryer system there. One night, me and my roommates, three people, were studying in our rooms because we had a test the next day. It was 2.30 a.m. I can never forget that incident. I went to shower to wash my shirt for the next day. Usually, it's my habit to check each shower unit by knocking on the door to see if there's someone there at night. I checked and no one was there. Closed my shower unit door and started washing my shirt. In a few minutes, someone flushed the toilet, which was adjacent to the shower door. Shower doors were not attached to the floors, and a person can see if someone was standing there or not. I looked and saw no one, and someone started laughing, and I asked, Who is it? No answer. I opened my door, and no one was there. I closed, and then a female voice said, Why are you washing your clothes at night? Don't you wash your clothes? Don't wash your clothes at night. Chills ran down my spine, and somehow I managed to ask again, who is it? And no answer. I grabbed my clothes, ran back to my room, and told everyone. They were shocked, but the neighboring rooms were empty. It was just me and my roommates left for one last test. Next day, we talked to our warden's office members. They said the room given to us was used by a girl a few years ago. She died by suicide. This room was used as a storage for few years until we gave it to you guys we couldn't sleep for days i told this to the first floor girls and one of them said this kind of thing happened to her while she was talking on the phone in the lobby at 2 a.m someone moved past her touched her on the shoulder and laughed she was also shaken by this incident i lived there for four years many sleepless nights name calling from outside the window in the middle of the night we were sleeping sometimes for even an hour we forgot those things slowly. Thanks for listening, Aru. That would be very unsettling, especially in the shower at night. You know, it's a new environment. I, 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 I thoroughly enjoy my shower. I, I love being in there. But if you start implanting like creepy ideas in my mind in the shower, I really want to get the hell out of there. Yeah. Because it's, you know, it's such a cornering place. Uh, Very vulnerable because there yeah. you are, naked. Yeah. I uh, So I always have to, like, kind of be thinking of positive things in the shower. Otherwise, it's kind of like, uh, it was even worse. I mean, I have a nice, uh, a little bit bigger one now than just the bathtub. Um, but uh, for the years when it was just the bathtub, that's even worse. I like how the one I have now is more space. So to me, it feels a little better. I feel like I have a little more dodging room should someone come in there. And, uh, you know, with a knife or a, a machete uh, or, or what have you. Like it's I funny you'd even say that because I had to, after we went kayaking, I had to come home and take a shower. And I'm not used to taking a shower at night. And I, and it's just that, yeah. like something's going to come in and stab me or something. Sure. But that's kind of, that's creepy. And it's interesting that, you know, too, when you're going to college, it's not like you have the opportunity to go, okay, this place is creepy AF. I'm going to move. No. 
Because you can't, like, you've probably signed a contract or an agreement or there's no other affordable place to live or, you know, you can't get the deposits. You're in college. There's just a lot of, lot of things that would keep you from moving. Yeah. So you're kind of stuck there. And, and that's interesting too, that like, she's like, you shouldn't be doing laundry at night. It's almost like, of course, everybody knows that. Yeah. Which is kind of a weird thing. Yeah. it's. I mean, it's like just something from a different place or time. Here's when I. Or just the way she was brought up. Like, yeah. you don't do laundry at night. Yeah. Nobody does laundry at night. Something I, I, I wondered about because there, there's elements. There's anytime you get the college dorm story, it's always someone killed themselves uh, for the most part uh, in a, a dorm. It, now, it, it sounds like it could be an atypical uh, variation of an urban legend that's everywhere. But in all reality, if we're talking these these dorm buildings, what is the suicide rate? Uh, I mean, I would think you have a lot of kids coming and going at a very integral part of life. Uh, I, I'm going to guess it's not zero for most buildings. You know, I would think... In college, you know, that's such a difficult, stressful time yeah. for people that... If we're talking big dorms, I'm not talking yeah, like five yeah. rooms. I'm talking like dormitories. And over in, like that one was, I think, built in the 60s. Yeah. So that's a big window of time. On top of that, think of all the people who have moved in and out yeah, of there. That's what I'm saying. Just over time. But that's just not surprising. And is that... I mean, it's sad. Don't get me wrong. Is that a piece of information you could ask? Uh, how many suicides in this dormitory over the course of its life? And would they tell you? I know. That, that almost seems like a question that... Should Harper ever go to a college where she needs to go to a dormitory? I think... She would ask, and I would probably ask as well. Because, well, we can't release that information. On the college well, it should tour. be public record. We need to know. We're not signing anything until yeah. we find out. I need to know how many people died in here. That's what I need to know. Because <laughs> I, I, I'm not moving my da daughter into the haunted dorm room. I'm just not. Trust me, I know this shit far better than you. <laughs> Do you know who I am? Look at my truck. Do you see and, the logo? And they would be like, who are you? And what? Like, Tony Bruski. Tony fucking Bruski. And then they'd be like, oh my God, are you Harper? You're so grown up. You're goddamn right she is. <laughs> yes, that's my daughter. Now, how many fucking like, people oh, died you, here? Tony. Oh, Harper. Uh, and then she'd give him the finger and be like, do what my dad says, bitches. <laughs> she probably would at that point. Actually, life. I yeah, I can really see that actually happening. So, but uh, there you go. Um, 855-853-4802 is our phone number here at Real Ghost Stories Online to share your real ghost stories with us. We'd love to hear them. Another one says, hey, guys, love the show. I'm a newbie to the podcast and I've been listening straight for three days. I decided I should probably share a ghost story my mom told me when I was a child. Even when I tell her to tell the story again years later for old time's sake, the story has not changed. I'm from a town in Australia and have a Philippine background. In the Philippines, there my culture is 
very superstitious oriented. So when something odd happens, it's usually taken as a sign or true to the core. So here we go. When my mom was younger, living in the Philippines, she lived with her mother in a mountainous region known as Minitatlan. A lot of weird things happened here all the time, seemingly. Told me of this one story that was, for lack of a better word, eerie all to heck. Her and her two brothers were coming back from going into town to do some grocery shopping. It was late and getting dark, and by this time, they were coming up to a main dirt road heading homeward bound. They also had a buffalo with them, and they lived on a farm, and it was loaded up with all the grocery bags. Walking past a giant rice field, the buffalo stopped and began grunting and refused to move any further. My mom, being impatient, was trying to urge the animal forward to no avail. Looking around at the path, thinking it might have been a snake or something, scaring the animal, but they found nothing. Upon searching around for what was freaking the animal out, my mom happened to glance out to the rice field to see a figure standing in the middle of the main field, focusing. She finally noticed that the figure was a man, freakishly tall, thin, and wearing a full white tuxedo. The whole deal like tops and tails. My mom froze in motion for her two brothers to see if they saw what she was seeing. They both did, and both were terrified. The man smiled very creepily at my mom and her brothers, tipping his top hat in their direction, knowing they shouldn't talk to strangers as well as being sufficiently freaked the hell out. So he hit the back of the buffalo to force it to move. It finally did, with the extra prompting, and lunged forward into a sprint towards a house further down the road. My mom and her brothers could not keep up and trailed behind the huge animal. It was now that my mom noticed the man was standing in the middle of the rice field wearing a complete white tux that was covered with no mud. No mud on his legs. His black shiny shoes just completely devoid of any mud at all. It's a rice field. It's rice shoots, knee-high water, and a crab load of mud. How did the man get into the middle of the field and somehow manage to get zero mud on him? To which I questioned years later. How was my mom and her brothers able to see this shiny black shoes if the water and mud was knee-deep? Shudders, still to this day. The story, especially the creepy smile and tilt of the figure's top hat, gets me every time. That's why my story was so long. I have many more that she's told me about back home and even some I've experienced right here in Australia. Thanks for all that you guys do for the paranormally afflicted. Sometimes just knowing you're not alone in your suffering makes it all easier to cope. Also, to know you're not insane. Keep up the good work. I like that one. Well, it was so random, too, because I did. Last thing I thought of, like walking with their dog, Mm -hmm. they're walking with grandpa. They're walking with a buffalo. I was not ready for that. Yeah. <laughs> I was not ready for the buffalo. The the man, I was more prepared for that. So the big twist in that story for me was the buffalo. But yeah, I mean, they, number one, you know, just seeing somebody standing there is creepy enough. But when he's not dressed appropriately, you should be dirty or not. Like nothing is normal about that. No. It's all paranormal. I and I, I just it's so creepy. You know, I, I picture oh I don't know, I couldn't tell you the actor. Uh, maybe if I do a quick Google search here. 
uh, and he, he always played the great creepy old guy who wasn't dead, but he almost looked like a, like the crypt keeper. Uh, creepy old guy in <laughs> 90s movie. Played crypt keeper. Uh, just give me a picture here. Let me see if this is the guy. Because I don't know who that would be. No, this isn't. This, the guy that it's pulling up is uh, the guy who played uh, the the shoveling man uh, on <laughs> on Home Alone that ended up being oh. the, the saving guy. The neighbor. Oh, guy. I, I found him. Okay, this is. Oh, is he from in Poltergeist or Poltergeist Two? It, it's the man uh, that's wearing like the the brim hat in Poltergeist, and I can't. I'm trying to find his name. Uh, anyway, uh, it's that man. I think a lot of people know what I'm talking about. We tried watching Polter- we tried watching Poltergeist the other day, uh, and uh, it, not as as creepy as it once was. To be completely honest. Well, and then if like if you isn't it's Poltergeist like Amityville Horror where there's several, or is it just kind of Poltergeist one and two? I think it's just one and two. Julian Beck is the actor's name. Okay. That. Uh, yeah, he was uh, in Poltergeist 2. Um, yeah, he's a malevolent preacher in Poltergeist 2. I don't think I've ever seen Poltergeist 2. Well, now you have something to look forward to. I do. Well, we're, we were just barely trying to get through um, Poltergeist 1 the other day. It just, it's all, it's so cheesy now. I don't know. The Exorcist, though, I think still stands up. That one, I I think, still stands up pretty good. Poltergeist really kind of showing its age, um, and I guess it's just demon possession just doesn't ever seem to really fade. You know, it's like yeah, it holds up. It does. We need a new, well done Exorcist movie. You know, there, there's oh my like- god, could you imagine that movie being done now with the level of effects? That you could do because they did a good job with effects and like you Reagan's just, head going all the way around and stuff back then. But you can't overdo it. That's the thing. And that's where I think a lot of horror movies go bad, where it's suddenly like way blown out of proportion, like creepy shit. Like the more understated, the better. But I want to see what the fuck it is. That's the horrible thing. I don't want to just have it implied. But that's where I don't know. I, I, they, they usually let you down in that area quite a bit. Not just like because they just go too far. They do. I mean, the scariest, scariest fucking zombies I've ever seen. Night of the Living Dead. They're pretty good zombies. They are. They're pretty accurate as to what you'd think they'd be like, and they feel somewhat plausible, far more than many of the other monsters and stuff in movies. Um, and they're, I mean, Walking Dead does zombies pretty good, but the original, I mean, that was something that had never been done like that. So, I think they did uh, pretty good. Uh, 855-853-4802 is our phone number. Let's go to a caller. Hi. Hi, my name's Dana. I'm from Ohio, and I have two stories. Um, my first story is, 
I think the scariest stories I've ever had. Um, it was when I was camping with my family when I was a teenager. So I have an older sister. She's seven years older than me. And um, we would all go camping. My parents had a camper at this one campsite out where we used to live. And they had a really big lake. And in and there was like a diving area, a beach area. And far enough out, there was like one of those floating docks for people to like jump up on and relax. And they got tired. Uh, and this day, my sister and I, we went out. We were swimming, and while we would swim, we would, you know, goof around like every other person. You know, we'd pull each other under, we'd splash each other, all sorts of stuff. And this day, uh, I was sitting on that dock in the lake, and I felt something, you know, grab onto my foot. And then I was like, oh, man, this is my sister. I'm going to go get her. And so I look around to see if I can see her popping up. She must still be under the little dock area. So I jump down, I go, I, I look to see if she's under there. Cause you can see a little bit, it was a bright sunny day and you can see a little bit when you're under the water, but I didn't see her. So I pop back up and I, I keep looking around and I'm like, where the hell did she go? Where the heck she go? Um, and I didn't see her. I get back on that little dock and I look out far enough. I'm like, this is a really big lake. There's like multiple beaches. She swam all the way over to the second beach over. And she was just sitting on the uh, on the beach, hanging out, drying. And that takes a fair amount of time. And me jumping under, going around, jumping back up, wouldn't have been long enough for her to get over there. So she'd been over there for a little bit. I'm like, okay, that's weird. Probably just one of the fish. So uh, a couple days later, because we were there for a week, um, we go swimming again. But this time, my sister got, like, water up her nose or in her ear, I can't remember. Um, and she was, she wasn't feeling good. So she went back. So I know she left and I was there again, swimming around. I jump up on the dock, get some sun in. And then I feel once again, something actively grab my foot. But this time instead of just grabbing it, it grabbed and squeezed. Um, and this is a lake. This is a man-made lake that they put fish in. I don't know what could do that, but let's just say I hopped off that jumped into the water and swam as fast as I could back to the camp, back to the beach and then to the campsite, I would not go back in for the rest of the time we were there. My mom and sister were making fun of me and my dad was just shaking his head. Um, so second story, this happened when I was a Girl Scout. I think it was around eight. And we had like world days where each troop would choose a country and they would set up a booth with like food, music, that type of stuff to go to represent the country so everybody could be educated about this new place. And it was at the community house in the small town that I lived in. And this community house was next to a series of older homes. Some of them were inhabited, some of them weren't. There was a house directly next to it that was partly boarded up and had been abandoned the entire time I've been aware. So we've been there for a few years. And every time, even my parents even went up to see if it was for sale. And so they looked around to see if there was like a for sale sign or somebody to contact because they used to flip houses. So we knew no one lived there. Um, and so 
when I get to this World Days thing, um, the girls there were freaking out. They're like, oh, that house is next, next door is haunted. There's a red man, there's a devil, there's a red man that lives over there. And I'm like, that's weird. Uh, and so the window in the bathroom looked directly at this house. And so when you go to the restroom, they had stalls and everything. So it wasn't like creepy, see into the girls peeing type thing. Um, but there was just a window in the bathroom itself. And when I went in there, I looked out and by God, did I see the red man. He was just staring right back at you, bright white eyes, red as could be. Like, it was like a bright brick red, so red. Oh my gosh, I totally didn't do the 20 seconds of hand washing and ran out of there as quick as I could and I wouldn't go pee for the rest of the day. Um, later on, so when I was in my 20s, I started dancing. And my dance instructor was actually from that area. And um, her parents still live out there and stuff. And uh, I was telling her, oh man, you live next to that haunted house. And she's like, what haunted house? And so I tell her the one right next to the community center. She's like, what? My dad owned that house. Our house was right behind it. So in the woods, I guess there was a smaller house and her dad was fixing up this home. And well, I was like, whoa, what crazy. You know, that place is haunted. She's like, it's not haunted, you're crazy. A few years later, her dad passes away and I go to the funeral and I see pictures of him in their little memorial area. And good Lord, help me. I was terrified of her father. There is a picture of him in front of the house looking as bright red as he could he was very Irish and got sunburnt every year along with having super high blood pressure and generally being just a red man so you know that was a fundamental point of terror in my life as a child and it was squashed by my dance instructor who I later met in life fun well that's the end of my stories I hope you use it. If not, thanks for listening, and I hope you all have a good day. Bye-bye. Okay. Okay, her storytelling was cracking me up. Because the last thing I expected was, you know, she looks out, she sees the red man, and I'm thinking, that's so weird, you know, there's a red man. Like, she's like, red, red, red. And then she goes to a funeral, and the guy, like, gets sunburned all the time. Like, so I guess, like, that could have been the ghost of her dad. But, like, he's Irish. He gets sunburned all the time, which would explain the red, red, red stuff. Maybe that's all it is. And we're just, they're completely, everyone's just kind of missing the obvious here. That just cracked me up. But creepy. And the first one, like, that's really creepy because, like, I've had, we've all had that thought. Your feet are in the lake, mm-hmm. and with lakes, you can't always see very far down. Sure. And then you're swimming and stuff, and I'm always freaked out that I'm going to touch something. I was I was always afraid something's of... Something's uh, going to touch me. I was afraid of fish touching me when I was a kid. Uh, and Oh, I get that. And it was... And, and here's what was really gross. Um, I think it was attributed to some days we would go to Lake Michigan, and... Sometimes if you get to Lake Michigan and it's 
shortly after a storm, there are gazillions of dead fish going up onto shore. Why? Lightning. Oh, Um, that makes sense. That's how it kills tons of fish. Um, And so they just kind of wash up on shore. And usually in a couple days, the seagulls have had a feast and they're pretty much gone. Um, And it, you know, nature kind of recycles itself. Uh, But if you're there, you just like want to swim like the next day and it's a really nice, sunny, warm day. uh, You got to kind of find a spot where there's not a lot of fish. Uh, (laughs) You'll still be able to smell them. Uh, But when you get out further into the the water, then you almost just want to stay on your raft because you look down and there's like the corpse of a carp that's kind of like been in the water dead for a few days. So it kind of looks like a zombie and it's you kind of see its skeleton coming out of it creepy as shit (laughs) and these are the memories i have of going to the lake as a child (laughs) well so then you can really appreciate that like being in the water and something not just touching you but grabbing you yeah like there's a difference between something brushed up against your leg which is enough to get me out of the water yeah Especially in a lake. Like if you're snorkeling and you can look over and see something, that's one thing. But a lot of lakes, you know, especially ones around here, like you can't see no. your feet when you're standing in water that's only four feet deep. No. Well, I mean, it, I'm the biggest thing I'm scared of now is, I mean, lakes are one thing. I'm not even really that worried about them as long as they're clear. Although we did walk up the Illinois River the other day and there was areas that were pretty dark and that was kind of like, yeah, move with caution. Um, but uh, water and fear now, tides in like the ocean. I had never really swum in the ocean in my younger years uh, until like the last couple of years. And I I never realized just how scary uh, uh, the, the riptides can be. Uh, when you're out just a little ways, how much it can just move you without even yeah. you knowing it. I had that in Hawaii. I was freaked out. And I was like, yeah, this is, I had no clue at how far it moved me. And just like that. But yeah. no control over it. Like no. it can. And then you, you got your energy to try and get yourself back and it may not look far, but it is and far. And it knocks you back out and farther. You, and you keep having waves, you know, knock you over left and right. Yeah. It's fucking scary. I, uh, yeah. I, uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, I I, I I like my lakes. <laughs> I like swimming in the lake because you don't have a lot of that uh, no. out there. And you can have some pretty nice uh, days. Anyway, that is going to wrap up today's episode of Real Ghost Stories Online. Uh, if you like the show, keep us on the air. Become an extra podcast person. Sign up at uh, ghostpodcast.com. Sign up uh, through the website there or through Patreon. The link also at ghostpodcast.com. Get access to all the bonus episodes, advanced episodes, the archive, the world's largest audio archive of ghost stories, all commercial free. Just go to ghostpodcast.com. Until next time, for Carol, I'm Tony. Thanks for listening. Real Ghost Stories Online. Hey, got a crazy family? Love hearing stories about crazy families? then you need to check out our brand new podcast called My Crazy Family. Available wherever you get podcasts. Just search My Crazy Family right now. Press subscribe 
and don't miss any brand new episodes of My Crazy Family. You can even share your stories if you so please. We, we'd love to hear them. My Crazy Family. Search and subscribe wherever you download podcasts.